Be seated. Amen. Thank you, Kyle. Thank you, church. Beautiful singing today. A lot of times in Bible class when I'm teaching, if I ask a question and there's just kind of silence for a little bit, I typically will say, you know, in Bible class, when a question is asked, if you will answer with God or Jesus, 99% of the time, you will probably be right, okay? This morning, after you leave here and you go to lunch, if somebody in the community says, what did you talk about today at church, what did you learn, you can honestly say, God. Believe it or not, our topic today is God. We are, how many of you were in Bible class this morning? Let's do a little confession time this morning. Okay, good. We start a new series today. It's actually a 30-week series. Now, before you, oh no, I've started to not even say that, but I want to give you a heads up because this is going to be a rich study where I pray, as your preacher, that all of us will grow deeper in our relationship with God. So, for the next however long, it's going to take more than 30 weeks because we're going to take some breaks. But we're going to run at this every 10 weeks, for 10 weeks straight, we're going to talk about different things in Scripture about God. And so, the, this first group of 10 lessons... It's a journey that we've entitled Believe. It's a series that a lot of churches have gone through and studied. We're going to look at the top 10 beliefs, top 10 practices, and top 10 virtues that are presented in Scripture. You know, as people of faith, and one of the things that I, I really appreciate about our heritage within the churches of Christ, we've always claimed to be a people of the book to speak where the Bible speaks, okay? And so we want to go back in this series, and this first 10 weeks, we want to look at the top 10 things that you really ought to know why you believe it. Now, a lot of times, I'll get a phone call from some of you or other people in our community and say, Preacher, what do we believe about? And they, they say the topic. And I'll always say, well, I'm not sure what you believe, but I can tell you my belief in that topic. See, I don't want you to believe something just because I say it. I want you to believe it because God says it. There's a big difference. Now, what I'm presenting is the truth because it comes from Scripture, but as students of the Word, it's always good to test and to say, is this really what it says? And so for the next few weeks, we're going to look at different beliefs that we have. And believe it or not, this first one is entitled God. You know, it's so easy as Christians for us to get hung up on things that God isn't too concerned about. For example, his existence. I mean, look at how God introduces himself at the very beginning of time in Genesis 1, 
verse 1. Let's read it together. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. I mean, notice that in these first words of the Bible, no explanation about God is given. There's no attempt to even prove His existence. It's just assumed that God was the beginning, He is the beginning from the beginning of time. And so, here's what I think is interesting about Scripture. God doesn't waste any time trying to convince us that He exists What he does on every page of the Bible is this. He invites us into a living relationship with him. Wow. Now I want that to sink in for a minute. Here is the God that created the heavens and the earth. And at the beginning of time, and on every page of the Bible for that matter, what we see is that God is coming after us. He is seeking a relationship with us. Even in Scripture, when people would run away from God, what would God do? God was patient, wasn't He? Is God not patient with you and I? Yes. And so in Scripture, when people would run away from God, it was God that was always there to welcome them back. Luke 15, the prodigal son. I mean, he thought that he had it better, and so he went off into a far distant country, Scripture says, and he just wasted his life away, and he finally, the Scripture says, came to his senses, and he began to realize, you know, what my father, earthly father, has for me is pretty good. And so he finds his way back to his earthly father, which is an illustration to us of what our heavenly father does for us in our relationship when we wander off. You see, we wander away, God doesn't. God is there. And so as we go through this series, it's designed to help us think and to act and become more like Jesus in every way. Think about that. To think, to act, and to be. Come. All that God, through His Son Jesus, in that living relationship, would want us to be. So you remember two years ago as we launched... Uh, a new vision for this church, and I say new, it's new to us because we've never gone through a process like that, but it's not new because it's all from Scripture. And so what it does is just remind us of who we are. And so these first ten lessons are designed to help us realize here are some ways that God wants to connect with me in that relationship And here are some ways that I need to be open and I need to be growing in my relationship with my Creator. And so I'm asking you, really I'm pleading with you, be open to new things that God may reveal. Be open to new things that you may see in Scripture 
Isn't it beautiful when you're reading the pages of Scripture that something just comes off the page that's new to you? It's not new because God's had it there from the beginning of time, but it may be new to us because we're growing and we're searching and we're reading and we're filling our minds up with good things. We live in a world today where it is so easy to fill our minds with all sorts of information. A lot of it good, a lot of it not good. What we have to do as people of faith, we have to filter what comes in and what goes out and we pray that what comes in will be things that will fill us up. So in a recent Gallup poll, 74% of Americans say they believe in God. Some polls set that percentage as high as like 92%. And so bottom line is this, about 9 in 10 Americans say they believe in God. But here's reality. Our world has no problems with God being God, but with claims that God is the only God. And so I think the challenge that we face ever since the beginning of time God's people has, God has told his people he's the one true God. And so as we live in this world where People are buying other gods, and they believe in other gods. What does that do to our faith? And what does that do in our relationship as we're trying to reach people from that standpoint? So I want you to watch this video about what is God and see what you think. Hey there, River Point. We are out here today asking people what they think about God. I'm not saying there isn't one, but I don't. There could be. There might be, but I don't think there is one. But there might be. I don't know. Okay. So maybe, maybe not. Yeah. We're not really sure. Yeah, think exactly. anybody can be sure? Is that possible, or uh, you taking the stance that no one can know? Right now, I feel that nobody can know. Yeah. So who do you who do you think God is? Like, describe him to me. He goes by many names. Allah, God. There's many names for God, no God. No God. Complete atheist? Not complete. Um, I, I don't believe in the, um, the God from the Bible. <laughs> he can be called Allah, he can be called Buddha, he can be uh, called anything. Buddha's not technically a God. Buddha's a spirit. Well, that's God, the spirit God. of God. It's the spirit of God. It's the spirit of God. It's everywhere. God is everywhere. I believe, you know, one way or another, all gods are the same. It just how we put the perspective on it, but the, the concept of God, that's how I look at so it. So we might have different perspectives on God. We're both right, is that what you're saying? Yes. God is a belief system, and it makes you feel spiritually whole, whereas the real world can exist in a different form, like evolution. I mean, I just kind of think he's more there to kind of give you a guide to be a good person, really. I believe in evolution, so whatever the... That's kind of your God, then. Sure. If there is a God, but... I don't think that there's nothing there. I don't know what's, what's out there, but... So, I don't know. It's so kind of more agnostic. I don't yeah. know. I'm not sure. Yeah. Where do you go for your source on this kind of information? I just do what I believe, for the most part. Where would I grab my information from? Just my heart. Okay. Great. Just basically what I believe, for awesome. the most part. Well, hey, thanks for sharing with us. Yeah, yeah no problem. Appreciate your opinion. Thank you. So, that shows us 
there are, I mean, people believe so many different things about God, don't they? And so if you're here this morning and you think that everybody believes just like you and that everybody believes in the one true God, they don't. And probably most of you in this room have had conversations like the ones we just saw. And sometimes when we engage in those conversations and somebody responds that way, our typical response sometimes is to think, oh no, what, what can I say next? You know, what can I say real quick to prove to them that there is a God? Let me tell you something. You're not going to be able to say anything more than likely on the cuff to help them believe right then and there to change their mind. It evolves over time and you know what really helps it evolve you having a relationship with them and you living out the truth that you believe that there's one true God and helping that person in time realize you know what maybe maybe there is some truth to this thing called the Bible and maybe I need to look at it for myself instead of just who knows I mean there's so many thought processes out there I love what A.W. Tozer said about God he said what comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us now why does he say that I think it's because this mindset drives all we are and all we do so again, think about that. What comes into our minds when we think about God and what we believe about Him is really the most important thing about us. And we strive daily for that to grow. And we don't ever want to take it for granted, but we want to grow deeper into the knowledge and into the things of God. So, Again, go back to the very beginning, and let me show you a little process here. Very first verse of the Bible, again, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. I mean, it's a given that God was there, and he created everything. And then, if you look over in John chapter 1, John's gospel, or the gospel of John begins like this. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God, he was in the beginning with God, all things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. And so there's not a question or a hint regarding the existence of God. And then, so you go from Genesis, and then you've got John, and then the other bookend, you've got Revelation chapter 1, verse 4, where John would later write this, Grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come. Now let that sink in for a minute. Grace to you from him who is, who was, and who is to come. John, in his way, is reminding us that God was present in the past, He's present now, and he's going to be present in the future. And so not a thought about whether God existed 
or not. He's here. He's alive. I mean, the newsboys even have a song about it where they sing, God's not dead. And I mean, it brings to life that God is here and alive. And so, some other scriptures for you to write down. Jesus knows what he's talking about. In John 10, verse 30, he says, I am the Father, I and the Father are one. Apostle Paul, in Colossians 1, verse 15, claims this, he's the image of the invisible God. And then the writer of Hebrews, in his poetic way, says this, he's the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature, and he upholds the universe by the word of his power. And so, let me take you back during the time where there was about 400 years of slavery. You remember God has delivered his people, Israel, out of captivity in Egypt through a series of all these tremendous miracles. And I know you and I sit here today and we, we look at those miracles and we say, man, I mean, is this miracle not enough for me to believe? Is this miracle not enough for my friend to claim that there really is a God? I mean, all these things where God is proving his existence and we realize as people of faith, God is the only one who could work that way. The problem is, not everybody buys into our God. And so the challenge that we face is, God is demonstrating his goodness and his love and his power to them over and over again, but guess what? Their hearts remain divided. And so I think what happens in Scripture is, it's never a question of whether or not God is God. The question is, which God will you serve? Because over and over again in Scripture, you see a lot of false gods that pop up. And you see how folks who were connected and who were so divine in their own relationship with the one true God, these little gods would pop up, and guess what they would do? Just like you and I struggle with, they begin to put their trust and their faith and their power, and they think, you know, this is something I can see. Here's a God that, that I can see, and so let's put my trust there. But the problem is, those little gods that we create do not last. They don't have the power that the one true God has. Look at Joshua 24, verse 14 and 15. Fear the Lord and serve Him wholeheartedly. Put away forever the idols that your ancestors worshipped with when they believed beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt. Serve the Lord alone. But if you refuse to serve the Lord, then choose today whom you will serve. Would you prefer the gods of your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates? Or will it be the gods of the Amorites in whose land you now live? But as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. That's a challenge. That's a pointed thing that you and I even look at today, and I think the question that we've got to ask is, am I really serving the one true God? 
Or am I serving the God of power? Am I serving the God of money? Am I serving the God of pride? Am I serving the God of, you fill in the blank, because I don't know what you may be struggling with. But if you're struggling with something to the point that you are putting faith and trust and confidence in that over God, it probably has become your God. And I can promise you this, sooner or later, that God will fail. Sooner or later, that God will not follow through and come through with the promises that Almighty God has made. And there's a big difference in that. So which God, as Joshua says to the people, which God will you serve? And then he uses himself as an example, his whole family for that matter, and he says, as for me and my family, we're going to model before you and we're going to show you that we will serve God and Him alone. See, we come today to commit our lives to not only believe in God, but also to throw away all the false gods that are among us. Joshua 24, 23, put away the foreign gods that are among you and incline your heart to the Lord, the God of Israel. Because here's the truth. When God has your heart, he has everything. When God has your heart, he knows, deep down, he knows that you are seeking him first in all things. And it's one thing to say that, but it's another thing to go out and to live that on Monday. And oh my goodness, we have to wake up again on Tuesday to realize, man, look at all the struggles and the stress and life that happened yesterday, and yet here's another day that God has blessed me with, and guess what? God's asked us again, will you put your trust Will you put your faith completely in me today like you did yesterday? And sooner or later, our prayer is that it becomes who we are. And there's not a question that God is God. And I'm seeking him with all of my heart to do that. I love the story in Scripture. Turn to 1 Kings 18. This shows a very appropriate response. Elijah has just had his showdown on Mount Carmel with the 450 prophets of Baal. And God answers by fire, showing himself to be the one true God. And the people of Israel responded this way. It says, when the people saw it, they fell on their faces and said, The Lord, he is God, the Lord, He is God. And I pray that that can be a response that we have in our walk with God. I mean, look at how appropriate it is. They saw it. It's that aha moment. 
It's that time in our walk with God where He has worked and He has revealed Himself in such a way in our life where there's no question that this could only be the hand of God at work. And it's that aha moment where we believe and we trust. And church, you know what? We long for those aha moments daily, don't we? We live in a world today where so many people are saying that God is dead and He's not working. Folks, God is alive and He's working in ways that we cannot even begin to see and understand and imagine. And so what He's inviting us to do is get outside your little box and look all around because God is alive and He is at work in what He does. He invites us to join him on his mission. You see, it's all too easy for us to kind of steal the show and say, hey, God, you need to come over here and watch what I'm doing. You need to come over here and get involved in what I'm doing. Really? Man, I want a big picture of God, don't you? I want a big idea of that God is already working, and we just join Him in His efforts. When we do that, this world will be a brighter place. And I know, as I look out over this church today, you're doing that. We are doing that as a church in a lot of different ways, but I pray that that will grow even stronger And I pray that we can become involved with God in ways that we've never touched. But we believe that when we join Him in whatever effort it is, God's going to bless it. And as Paul says, God can do more than we ask or even imagine. And so, in 1 Kings 18, not only did they see it, but they fell on their faces, which shows us That is a state of humility. That is a state of repentance where the natural progression from the moment we see God for who He is, we also see ourselves for who we are. We can't be God. We're just a sinful people in need of a Savior. And what we've learned and what we've realized, the aha moment, as we've been on this journey with God, as we stay with Him day after day after day, He reveals Himself in the form of His Son, Jesus. And He said, I want you to go, and I want you to live, and I want you to walk on earth so the world could have an example. And as we saw in 1 Peter, that's an example that we should follow in his steps. They saw, they fell on their face, and they said, the Lord, he is God. Say that with me this morning. The Lord, he is God. Say it again. The Lord, he is God. Do you believe that? 
Do you believe that? And when you walk out of here today, will you back that up? Not just in word, but in deed. Back it up with your life. And for those in your past that may not believe, pray. Pray for them. Pray for them by name and pray that they can open their eyes and come to believe just like you have. And folks, here's the deal. We have never arrived. We will never be where we need to be or want to be until Jesus comes again. And so in the meantime, on this journey, we just continue to believe and we continue to have it all in our hearts. And maybe the song says it best. I love the song still that we did this morning. Isn't that beautiful? What a great message. Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. I don't know where you may be this morning. If your belief is just kind of dull, it's not as strong as you need it to be, pray to your Creator that you want it stronger. And I promise you, He'll work in your life to help you get to where you want to be. promise you he will. Wherever you find yourself, continue to believe that God is God. And if there's anything we can do for you this morning, in any way, we ask you to come right now as we stand and sing this song.